Hello, Smokeheads. My name's Jed Shepherd, And I'm Daniela Phillips. Thanks very much for tuning in once again to Smokeheads, the Red Dwarf podcast. We've got a great episode today. We're talking about polymorph, which is it's, it's one of those ones where everyone loves. And even if you're not a, a kind of a diehard fan of Red Dwarf, it's one where you will know because the polymorph is quite an, an outstanding creature in sci-fi, I think. Daniela? Yeah. I'll go with that. Did you you watched this first time around, didn't you? Or yes, I did. Pretty soon? Yeah, yeah. And this is the episode. I mean, it's a lot like the film Aliens. So I think a lot yes. of people um, just kind of uh, thought it was it was a bit like that. And uh, this was one of the episodes that sent Red Dwarf into the mainstream. A lot of people saw this episode and just continued to to watch it um, from from the get go. So I'm excited to talk about it. Um, in the meantime, how have you been, Daniela, in this uh, last week? I'm good. I'm currently in Rome, so uh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. I'm having a wonderful time. <laughs> because we've uh, recorded this uh, before Daniela left for Rome. So how is Rome right now it's sunny. on satellite feed? Yep, Tw- 21, 22 degrees. Yeah, lots That's of great. pizza. <laughs> um, I have an aunt in Rome who lives in the... Oh, wow, Daniela's messing the, the whole thing up. Um, I have an aunt in Rome um, who lives in a castle. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. It, but I think it's it's quite easy to live in the castle in, in Rome because it's split up into like little apartments where about 50 million people live in them. So yeah, it's yeah, not so special. Yeah, that is true. Um, what else have you been doing? Um, it's a, it was it was your birthday. It was. Any more birthday treats? Uh, no, Ro- Rome's the last one, I think. Okay. Yes, yeah. That's good. Mm. Um, what have I done in the last week? Well, I've still, I've still been sick. Um, I've had some meetings with... with certain bands i'm doing um it's a secret band that i'm doing three music videos for wow and uh releasing tapes for it's one of them my band are you in a band (laughs) yes what kind of band are you in (laughs) it's just it's not so much a band it's just me oh okay this is your your secret um (laughs) daniela it's really smashing up the office she's just throwing stuff across the room wow um because uh, Daniela goes on on secret um, um, jaunts and 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 when you do your um, what's it called again your karaoke oh I'm, and she doesn't I'm, invite I'm not allowed me. to talk about that <laughs> she has a secret karaoke club that only her uh, and her friend her yes. special friends are allowed to go to super best friends club <laughs> that's really mean and she won't invite her boyfriend or me no, sorry. which I think is really hard really strict membership you have to have worked for a regulator. Wow, okay. I don't even know what that is. Um, Yeah, and we're excited to uh, to announce we have a guest on on today's show. Um, We have Billy Lunn from the Subways. Hello. Hey, Billy, how are you? I'm really, I'm I'm great. How are you guys? I'm excited to be here. We're excited to have you here. Um, And Billy has turned up with a Smegheads t-shirt, which is amazing. (laughs) You've got to get this going now. Yeah, that is an amazing t-shirt. I didn't know we had fan (laughs) t-shirts. They forgot the yes off the end, but we'll we'll, we'll pretend we'll we'll forget. Yeah. and uh, your wife bought that for you didn't yeah she? it was my birthday yesterday i nearly forgot yeah <laughs> so we got birthdays quite close. birthday yeah, buddies i was monday and you were cheesy yeah Excellent. and i've actually got a cake for you guys but i realize you're vegan right um no i'm i'm a very bad vegan oh, okay. Oh, okay so you can you, you can share that cake in a bit oh, thank you so much <laughs> i like cake good it's like a vanilla cake or something it was the only literally the only cake they had in the shop so vanilla i'm not sure how, how good it is um, but for those who don't know, Billy, describe yourself, Billy. What do you do? And uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I've basically been blagging a rock and roll lifestyle for the last, last 10 years. Um, I'm in a band called The Subways, and we started 
Um, well, we started playing gigs in about 2002. Um, yeah. We made our first record, Young Fraternity, 2004, released in 2005. Yeah, and great album. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, pretty much been uh, touring and releasing albums and, yeah, just having lots of shenanigans wow. since then. And you were, um, I think uh, you, you were well known for being one of the first unsigned bands to play Glasgow, was that right? Yeah, well, uh, on the other stage, definitely, because yeah. uh, Michael Levis saw us play his... Uh, working men's club in Hilton. <laughs> wow. On the other stage in 2004. That was. So we went from playing in front of about 150 people in London at the Buffalo Bar or <laughs> yeah. Kentish Town. Nothing wrong with the Buffalo Bar. Rest in peace. Oh, bless its heart. Yeah. I know. I, I can't believe they closed that. It's such a great venue. I, we, you know, when we played our last gig there, I pretty much cried. Yeah. yeah I blubbed. You actually cried at another closing down of a venue recently, didn't you? Oh, the square in Harlow. Yeah, yeah um, well, I cried in that one too. Everywhere you go closes down, Billy. What are you doing? <laughs> People just want to make me cry, that's all. <laughs> Soon they'll close down Smegheads podcast and then I'll... No. I know, I know. You're the kiss of not. death. I'm, I'm the kiss of death. I'm, no. I'm, I'm the curse. I'm the curse. <laughs> no, we'll break the curse tonight. <laughs> and Billy, the reason why you're on isn't just because you're in a fantastic rock band. You're also a big uh, Red Dwarf fan. Uh, when did you actually get into Red Dwarf? What was... When I was at school. Yeah. Um, actually, um, I lived in a village called Tunnel just outside okay. uh, Hartford. I went to school in Hartford. Yeah. And there was like one other kid my age who lived in the village. <laughs> we were the two only kids in the village. And he wow. absolutely loved Red Dwarf as well. So That's we good. spent pretty much our whole friendship like fanboying over Red Dwarf. Aww. That's amazing. And uh, yeah. And, I, you know, I was quite a... I went through periods of sort of getting into Smashing Pumpkins and Nirvana. Then yep. ended up being a grumpy teenager. <laughs> yeah. And I think sort of Red Dwarf gave me that spice that I needed. You know, that comedy <laughs> yeah. just to brighten that my night day. That relief. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Yeah. And I think also there was something about drifting in space, you know, with the human race dead for three million years. With like, <laughs> you know, bunks and a computer and like, you know, Crichton yeah. and, uh, and Cat and, and just all sort of lounging about that i was like that's what i wanted to do that's no. the life yeah being the last human alive you've got yeah. to try and organize I want it. everyone to die and then i live on a spaceship and just eat curry forevermore i'd be fine with that i know a lot of people think it would be they wouldn't like to be alone and i think that'd be fine you know when you see like prison films where they go oh we'll put you into isolation i'm like cool get me away from these criminals yeah. i want to be by myself <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> like, a fair point that's, a bit of alone time yeah time exactly thinking that's great and that's the beauty of red dwarf it's escapism yeah. Um, and you, when you're little, when you're in your bedroom in a, in a small town in the UK, Red Dwarf is like your window into into the universe, into another world, yeah. which is what great sci-fi does. And I think also the great thing about it was that even though you knew the characters really well and they had, there was sort of an overarching um, narrative, it didn't always work. Yeah. And when you're a kid, you don't, you know, you kind of dig that anarchy. <laughs> of course, yeah. yeah. Um, and it was one of the only things on TV that didn't have this sort of rolling narrative that wasn't like hugely nice. Yeah. It was pretty rock and roll. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're all a bunch of smokeheads on board, yeah. aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I really sort of connected with it. And it's one of those shows that I think, especially when we're halfway through a tour, mm -hmm. we're in sort of deepest, darkest Europe or Russia <laughs> or somewhere like that and we're freezing our tits off on the tour bus. Josh and I sort of wake up at three in the morning and just watch some Red Dwarf. Yeah, amazing. In, in your bunks, uh, yeah. Lister and Rimmer-like. And it's, yeah, totally. And, and you know, one thing I need to pick up, like 
you like Rimmer, don't you? Yes, I do. <laughs> and you don't, Jed. Like this is the wow. Rimmer's the best character. Yes, in the whole show. yes. On certain what, episodes, what he is. Like in the one, like we just did Maroons. <laughs> yeah. Rimmer's great in that episode. And there's certain episodes which are which are very Rimmer centric, which I like. But I think from season three onwards, I, I warm towards Cat a lot more because this is right. when he, he starts to develop a bit more yeah, of a character, and he's funny. In the first two seasons, he wasn't that funny, but season three onwards. And I don't know, Rimmer can get a bit annoying and he's like the, the bad guy. Yeah. But sometimes that's fun. That's... I think like the, the main thing that uh, between Josh and I, like Josh, my brother, who's also the drummer in the subway, so I yeah. forget to mention that. <laughs> um, you know, when we talk about Red Dwarf and we, so we, we end up just quoting whole scenes, it's always Rimmer's lines that crack us up. Oh, classic. He does have funny lines. the way he says it. And there's, there's one, like, there's one episode, Quarantine. Yeah. Oh, and he starts to go a little bit mad. Yeah. Space crazy. Sort of gingham dress. Yeah. <laughs> and there's... Uh, Mr. Flibble's very cross. <laughs> <laughs> he just goes... Like that's, yeah. that's just coming genius and you can just see Lister and Kat and Cry just look at each other um, there are moments like that that are absolutely incredible I think all of them are brilliant you know? it's a great it's a really really great episode um, so like w- would you say out of yourself and your brother Josh would you say that you are more Rimmer like and he's more Lister like he's definitely more Rimmer like okay. because he's got actually no I think in some respects like in uh Personal hygiene, he's more Lister, <laughs> and I'm more Rimmer. Um, but when it comes to <laughs> just wanting... Sorry, Josh. <laughs> nah, screw it. He Josh, knows. if you want to come on the podcast and rebut any of this. <laughs> he's too lazy. He's, he's, like, he's like, no, I won't. Don't worry. That, that's his Lister side. Um, no, I think we swap. And, uh, you know, there are certain elements of him that's just like cat, that's just so self I was going to say, is Charlotte cat? Too. We're all a bit cat. Yeah, we all have a bit of cat yeah. in us. Um, no, Charlotte is definitely sort of cat, but then I think Charlotte's probably got more Lister in her than anyone. Oh, else. really? Wow. Yeah. yeah, she's quite energetic and, and crazy on stage. Yeah, and, um, yeah. Charlotte's very sort of, um, you know, she just she's kind of Shirley Manson esque in that. Yeah. You know, she she does her own thing and she doesn't care. Yeah. Um, and I guess I'm kind of Crichton because I keep everything clean. Like that's kind of my job in the dressing room. Is it so really? I make sure everything's clean. So you have a, your groin attachments. I then. do. Yeah, and there's a particular like part in this episode, Polymorph, where the the groinal attachment is quite prominent. Yes, it so, is. We'll come yeah. on to that. So let's should we get into the episode? If you like. Okay, yeah. let's do it. I don't know. We could talk more about groinal attachments. <laughs> if you like, I mean. we will in just a second. Um, so this episode, Polymorph, um, is the uh, third episode of season three. Um, and it starts off uh, unusually with a warning to, to people um, and uh, tells people to be careful if you have a nervous disposition. And when I first saw this, I thought, yes, this is going to be awesome. Finally. Exactly. It's going to be like a horror one. And we see um, kind of a, 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 a late 80s CGI <laughs> a space pod rotating in space, floating, and the voiceover. And this is the first time we've had a voiceover as well. It says it contains a creature that feeds off the emotionally crippled and is very dangerous. Um, but then we also see as it turns around, it has a massive hole in it. Um, so we know it's escaped. And then we see there's a hole in the side of Red Dwarf, uh, which means uh, the creature or whatever's inside is now aboard. Um, and then we do see it come aboard uh, Red Dwarf and it looks in the mirror and we briefly see it as some kind of weird fraggle looking creature and kind of slimy and like a... Like a kebab gone wrong um and it starts to change into numerous objects and and a fluffy bunny yeah and this is what i was mentioning in the last episode this scene where um the the um 
the thing changed into different things when i was like 10 or 11 um me and my cousin we made this film um just on vhs called rusty descent and it was it was basically a ripoff of red dwarf but mixed with reservoir dogs and <laughs> liking it yeah How did this not get picked up? i know well it was only 10 or 11 maybe i can remake it now <laughs> and um yeah so we we had this this very scene as it starts so it's really easy to like lock off a camera and just like swap objects and as long as you don't move the camera then it will look real and our version of this looks better than the red door version it was really cool um and we had we had um we had guns where we put um like a um a lynx bottle on it so when we sprayed it um the flame would we had like flamethrowers basically we were like 10 years old (laughs) yeah my mum would have killed me (laughs) (laughs) there's one bit as well near the end a wizard turns up kind of kind of weird um yeah so that's my my thing but yes this this uh, uh it's not an alien because there were no aliens in, in Red Dwarf at all. Um, mm. This is a gen- genetically engineered life form. Yeah, let's and we, say that later. Yeah, and it turns into a rabbit and it kind of hops off and then it turns into a, a bouncing ball and bounces down the corridor. See, I like this because already they're stepping up the game because I remember one of my criticisms from Balance of Power is that they didn't go far enough. And what do you I mean? They didn't go far enough. I think we were saying in the earlier episode that they they didn't use the opportunity to go crazy and, and escalate it. Whereas I can see already in this episode that they've stepped up their game. So, they, so just straight from the start, they've yeah, already kind of like laid yeah. out, this is going to be like a, an, an action-packed episode. Because yeah. don't forget, just before this episode, it was Maroon. So essentially nothing happened. They're all in one room. And straight away, this one starts. You're in the middle of a, of a action sci-fi horror. It is pretty, like, it's it's sharp, isn't it? Yeah. It, you know, it cuts very quickly and it rolls yeah. very nicely and you can tell that they've tightened everything up. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. Um, and they, yeah. And I think it's not just any bunny either. It's kind of the fluffiest bunny. I know, <laughs> so cute. And Daniela is like Mrs. Fluffy I Animals. Know, so. I know, I love ra- rabbits so much. But the, the voiceover <laughs> at the beginning is kind of thriller-esque, isn't it? It really is, yeah, yeah it is. And that sort of, ra- like, we'll talk about it more, I think, at the okay. end. But it does wrap up at the end in sort of a fr- thriller It does, style, yeah. It? Yeah, it is very menacing. It, yeah, you're right. It is very thriller-esque. And it kind of, like, puts you in the mood that like, this isn't a normal Red Dwarf episode. This this one's potentially something quite horrific. Um, and, yeah, so the uh, we <laughs> the next scene we see is uh, Lister is cooking. Um, and he's doing that by using medical equipment. And he's pouring a whole pot of, like, powdered curry into, a, like, a like a medical bowl, really. And I just like whisking that guy. It around. Yeah, it goes in phrases. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it obviously looks looks pretty disgusting. But uh, everything's clean, don't worry. <laughs> everything's clean, yeah. <laughs> Scott, uh, what am I going to say? My little puddy and act. <laughs> Can you do it? It's as bad as Chris Barry's. <laughs> it is really bad, Chris Barry's. <laughs> You just cannot do it. You can do every other accent. I don't know how we got the gig on on um, on spitting. Image. You can't do a scouse. Um, <laughs> so uh, Crichton and my computer corrects Crichton every time to Krypton, which is annoying. Oh, oh my iPhone does that as yeah, well. Yeah, Apple. Uh, so Crichton is hoovering, and this is where he uses his groinal socket, oh, yes. which is great. <laughs> and he explains he, he has various different appliances he can, he can use with his groinal socket, um, and he can even uh, have an egg whisk. But no one really wants to eat his scrambled eggs when he uses it so Billy if you had a groinal attachment what, what do you mean if <laughs> what would you what would you have it's definitely like you know I'd go for the Crichton sort of vacuum cleaner yeah you know I, I'm I'm sort of a I'm I'm Monica Geller-esque in sort of are like you? Oh, you're oh, just, your well, wife I'm, is so lucky I'm, we're sitting next to Monica Geller right here <laughs> hey but 
I, I just love everything. I think, like, I got this from my mum, but I just, everything has to be ordered. I have to know where everything is for a start. Yeah. And for me to have to know where everything is, everything has to, has to be ordered. Okay. You can't have everything ordered. With, so you're, 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 you are basically Crichton. Yeah, you're pretty Crichton. much. Yeah, so it would, it would definitely be this sort of the vacuum cleaner first. And I had an omelette this morning, so I'd probably go egg whites. Oh, wow. And, and Daniela, you know, um, is, has a thing. She doesn't like eggs. You don't I like don't eggs. eggs. When I'm like Mr. Egg. See, I'm the worst <laughs> vegan ever. <laughs> you are. Which I'm so are you more vegetarian then? I'm vegetarian. But I'm like, vegetarian. what I do is, is I sort of... I, I have long periods of going vegan. Yeah. My wife's here at the moment, so I'm cooking her lots of eggs and stuff. Okay, like that's that, good. Protein. Know, protein and yeah. Stuff. And I'm like, screw it. I'm going to have an omelette. <laughs> omelettes are amazing. Oh, oh, yeah. But I'm still using coconut milk. Okay, actually. right. When you're on tour, um, are you awkward with your riders? Um, no, like, it's got, over the last three years, it's got insanely better. Okay. Um, you know, up till then, it was, it was pretty hard. <laughs> actually trying to find anything in america is almost impossible oh really especially going through the middle of america you know uh, you sort of yeah. go towards el paso way or anything oh, right, everything yeah. is ribs yeah. Yeah. and chicken yeah um and you're like have you got any like vegetable vegetables <laughs> what those for we got taters um, uh, mr impression over <laughs> <laughs> let's see if we can do liverpool hey hey no, that's the best that's not bad yeah, that's not too bad that's pretty good um, but also, I've got to say, with the with the whole curry thing um, yeah. in this episode, it sort of harked back. You know, you talked about Alien earlier with yeah. the whole polymorph thing. Uh-huh. But I think there are an awful lot of uh, references to movies, like Back to the Future 2. Right. It, just, it just struck me okay. when um, Lister put the the curry powder rather shoddily into the microwave, mm. closed the oh, That's like Back Dr. to the Future Brown. 2. Well, when they put like the the pill in the microwave and then close, you're right. Yeah, yeah, up, yeah. Like a whole burger or pizza comes out. It's the exact same yeah. trick. Yeah, this was actually the same year as Back to the Future too, 1989. Really? Yeah, the same oh, year. Oh my god! Wow. Um, yeah, that's that's a good point. I mean, and there's a lot of references to, to Alien and Aliens in this because yeah. it's basically like a, a parody, strike ripoff of Aliens. Um, yeah. So, Daniel, if you had a groinal attachment, actually, um, Billy, you could have your guitar plugged into into yourself. So you wouldn't need absolutely. You wouldn't I need any power. That. <laughs> yeah. oh, I could strum myself all day. No, <laughs> I won't. Oh dear, is that why your wife's sick? Yeah, it got very <laughs> dirty all of a sudden. <laughs> well, Daniela, what would you have as a groinal attachment? I have no idea. You would just have a cat tied to your groin, wouldn't you? Or something? <laughs> no, that sounds so disturbing. <laughs> I'd have some sort of, I don't know. Um, a stand that I could place a book on so I could read at all times and carry on walking that's around. That's the geekiest Great thing that's ever been yeah, said. Yeah, well. <laughs> That'd be really good for the train if you have to stand up. Yeah, exactly. It's really hard yeah. oh, reading on the true. train when you're standing yeah, yeah. up. And I had a coffee earlier and uh, which had milk in. Whoops. Um, <laughs> you're not vegan at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm more vegan stuff. than you are. <laughs> yeah, so Lister is, is cooking up a, a right treat uh, for himself and, and the cat. And um, but before that, we see um, we see Crichton um, use the groinal attachment to hoover up a penny, and, it, and he kind of makes him stutter, and he spits out the penny in a, in a quite a good visual gag, I thought. Um, and this is this is the interesting thing. So you probably haven't heard my theory because I think it was in the next episode after you have listened. But my th- I got this very weird theory, and it's probably complete rubbish. It is that it's <laughs> a, a couple of parts. So the first part is in the whole of Red Dwarf. Crichton has never spoken to Cat. That's one theory. Oh. My second theory is they're possibly the same person. 
and because and you've gone through I've started I've started going through 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 season three and it, and it makes sense because I'll tell you why in this episode in the last episode um they don't speak to each other at all and when they're in the same room together everyone just talks to Christ and it says Christ and this Christ and that but everyone forgets about Cat and the last scene in Marooned you see through the camphor wood um guitar shaped hole you see into the room and in the room you, you should see Cat Crichton and and Rimmer, but all you see is Crichton and Rimmer. So, but Cat's in the room. He's meant to be in the room, uh, but you can't see him. This is freaking me out. Yeah. So in this episode, <laughs> this is going to freak you out. Even. So in this episode, so um, so Crichton's in the Hoovering thing, and he's, and and Lister's making the thing for Cat. The second Crichton leaves the room, Cat appears. So they're not in the room at the same time. Okay. So a Cat appears, and then Lister continues the conversation as if the the conversation was never interrupted like he was still speaking to to Crichton it's honestly what... so this so you you're going through season three at the moment yeah so so this is the third episode and it, it, it works out so far um so I, I'm but, gonna... but, wow. but we no idea why okay yeah I don't know what, I don't know what the end game is and it's probably complete rubbish but for now I'm enjoying like seeing hang on they're not talking ever right, talking to each other this, yeah this is, this. it's crazy um I'm not convinced. <laughs> you well, can write a counter a counter argument yeah but I just I just think it's weird how they never ends but maybe it's because um the the writers never thought of anything for them to interact about yet but yeah they just don't interact um so yeah so cat comes in and uh Lister explains what he's doing, he's making him food, and that the medical supplies he's using, he, he has cleaned it, as you mentioned. But Kreiter, uh, but Cat, I'm getting confused now because they're the same person, <laughs> but Cat holds up uh, a, a scalpel and says, you, you expect me to eat with this? Um, and yeah, it's, it's pretty disgusting having to just think about eating with medical stuff, even if it is clean. It's disgusting. Um, and yeah, so Lister, um, he throws all the stuff in the microwave, a la Back to the Future uh, too, and it's ready immediately and they both get um, kebabs. Um, and then uh, the lemon juice is in a syringe um, and uh, Kat asks why it's in a syringe and why they even have a syringe aboard. And Lister says, because of, um, it's used for artificial insemination. Why would you have that aboard Red Dwarf if it's like for, for animals? I don't, I don't, At what don't stage? think it's for animals. I think just in case. Uh, yeah. In three minutes. You need to years, repopulate. Yeah. <laughs> they had this contingency. <laughs> in three million years, just in case, you know, they stowed it away. But just, how big is that syringe? Like, like the normal guy. Oh, I'm not going to go into it, but that's a, that's a, that's a big syringe. That is, that's going to fit a lot of uh, potential... Maybe it's for children. cattle. Maybe it's for space cattle. In that, case that's like, true. We don't know. They're mining on a moon or something. They came yes. across some alien cattle species. That's true. Well, ship. actually, in the new episodes of Red Dwarf, there's going to be an episode with cat um, and sex, apparently. Because, because obviously, he's never really been with... He's, he's basically a virgin. Yeah. He gets close in this episode, though. Yes, he does. So we'll, we'll definitely come on, on to that. Um, so we see... That's what she said. <laughs> so, um, so Kat says, this isn't me. This is a, an autopsy. And uh, yeah, they, they, I mean, I'm not, I mean, I'm vegetarian and um, and Billy is a, a lapsed vegan. <laughs> but I, I'm the resident carnivore. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't look, doesn't look appetizing. It looked like, it looked like a kind of a piece of dog mess. 
Yeah, I, I, it looked, it looked like something my boyfriend would cook. Ah, poor Nick. It looks like stale chorizo. I thought. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. Uncooked as well. Yeah, the, the sausage sausages are, are not our friends. <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> um, yeah, and then at that point we see uh, the aforementioned ball bounce into the medical bay, and uh, while their backs turned, and it hops onto the onto Lister's plate and turns into a kebab. So you think he would remember that he only had one kebab, but obviously not. And then it takes a little bit of break from that particular scene and goes to Rimmer, who's watching home movies um, of him when he's little, and he's showing Crichton um, his, his brothers and and his mother when they were small. Um, and we see his brothers how his brothers kind of treated him. This, this is another window into how Rimmer became the person who he is now, where he was kind of mistreated by everyone. His own family hated him, abused him, bullied him. And we see them put a can of ants on his face. Um, where do you get a can of ants from as well? It's, it must take ages to collect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you mark the can with with ants just in case you forget. That's crazy. <laughs> they spend an awful lot of time on this stuff. Maybe that's how they got into sort of, um, what is it? The um, flight school. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's to. true. Yeah, yeah. They're all sort of. Um, you need a lot of patience for that. I wouldn't think you? so. Yeah. Dedication, yeah. commitment. Exactly, and I think Rimmer is is resigned to be a loser, even from a small age. He, he kind of accepts the fact he's kind of he's the victim, and he's always been a victim, and he blames the the kind of all of his problems on what happened to him when he's little. He didn't have the best of upbringings, according What's to him. What's weird about this, though, I find, is that he's sort of because usually he's quite misanthropic. Isn't yeah. He? he's negative everything yeah. but he he sort of got this weird reverence for his brothers he does yeah he's called some good guys doesn't he yeah yeah season three is quite, kind of weird because the first two seasons he's um he's kind of uh, almost depressing and kind of bitchy and he's just very pernickety but in like in the first episode of this season backwards he's having a good time on the backwards planet he's having a laugh he's, he's entertaining people he's having a show in marooned he he he's, he loves lister for a brief period of time and in this episode is also like happy again looking back on on memories so season three is a series where we find out more sides to to the enigma that is uh arnold j rimmer yeah <laughs> it's, it's great it's like they actually and actually the the pitch is quite you know i think that sort of the transfer is really, really good as well. Yeah. They sat back and they actually looked at the cinematography. The <laughs> yeah. Lighting a little better. Yeah. yeah. I and mean, this is a big, big, big stark difference from uh, seasons one and two. Definitely. Um, everything I mean, in this, I mean, it's not as, as good as uh, Aliens, but it is. it does have a cinematic <laughs> quality to this episode. <laughs> definitely. Um, yeah. So um, rumour is reminiscing. Um, and yeah, we see that he's always always been the butt of jokes. And then we see uh, Rimmer's uh, mum, or we see a lady, and uh, Crichton asks him, "Is that is that one of your ex girlfriends?" And Rimmer says, uh, "No." And Crichton says, "Oh no, of course not. Um, uh, you that silly old tree. You wouldn't go out with uh, that silly old trout. She, uh, she's not good enough for you." And uh, Rimmer says, "Well, that, that's my mum." And Crichton, <laughs> and it's funny. I mean, Aww. I was watching this uh, earlier on today, and I was cracking up. I had to pause it because I was laughing so much, even though I knew what was coming, and it's quite. <laughs> quite obvious but it's just Crichton's apologizing as well he just goes over the top and he keeps going on and on and making it worse and worse and digging a big hole for himself um I just think it's hilarious <laughs> um and we see um and that's when Holly appears and says like he thinks there may be a non-human life form aboard um and again this is a, an episode where it's just full of action and in previous Red Dwarf episodes you didn't get stuff like that happening people coming aboard Red Dwarf it's great um, and Rimmer doesn't uh, believe her because she has been wrong before. Um, and uh, yeah, but he goes and, and checks out what's happening. Um, 
so uh, Crichton returns. Uh, Crichton seems to forget there's a non-human life form aboard and goes and, and sees Lister. Um, and there we see the Shami Kebab Diablo, um, which um, once put Olaf Peterson in sick bay for a week uh, for himself. Um, and the cat's there too. Um, again, they don't speak to each other. And then we see the uh, shiny kebab Diablo jump off the plate and uh, f- and throw itself around Lister's neck. And one of the funniest scenes ever in Red Dwarf. This is this is, this is one of the the most voted one of the the best scenes ever in Red Dwarf. One of the funniest. So we see that kebab go around Lister's neck like it's got a life of its own, like a kind of like a cobra or something. And it um it basically chokes Lister, and he manages to grab it with two hands and throw it across across the room and um yeah it seems to be quiet and then he kind of pauses for a minute and kind of like reflects like he doesn't really kind of seem alert uh, i found um and then he decides to put on his boxer shorts which leads me to believe why what was he wearing in the first yeah place? that's what i was thinking he, how do you dress for dinner <laughs> he just had that that dressing gown on i guess yeah, and, no pants uh, yeah, oh, well, I guess he is the last human alive. But you think with Cat there, you'd make an effort because Cat's making an effort every single day. But we are talking about Lister. <laughs> he is. Yeah. He's, he's the, yeah. the, the universe's biggest slob, even when there was <laughs> people around. So he puts on these boxer shorts um, and then pretty soon he realises these aren't any ordinary boxer shorts, but they are the polymorph and they start to get <laughs> tighter and tighter and he screams and screams. And at this point, the, the studio audience laughs like i've never like like, like they're possessed i was laughing like oh I yeah was i was possessed. laughing as well um but they're laughing they're screaming and apparently when when they filmed this um they had to they had to kind of like stop recording for like 14 minutes because people kept on laughing <laughs> yeah. so they had they had a real hard time like cutting this down to, to a workable kind of scene didn't chris barry had to wait off stage did he i think he had to wait until he sort of came in so that he could sort of <laughs> Because he was laughing so much. Lines. Oh, no, because he doesn't turn up yet. Yeah, yeah. Up, so he couldn't deliver his lines. <laughs> so yeah, that, yeah. Apparently, it's one of the famous. But it is absolutely amazing oh, the it's way so that. Oh, so funny. Um, Crying Crying and Lister are oh, sort of writhing around. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Again, you could this they kind of telegraph this like a long way off. You knew what was gonna happen. Crichton's trying to um get um Lister's box of shorts off and it looks like sim- they're simulating sex basically. And then of course the old sitcom trope, like someone walks in and goes, Oh, what, what did you say, Daniela? Do you remember? Uh, can't say I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah. You'll bonk anything. I, yeah. yeah. That's like, that, I watched that today. <laughs> yeah. and, like, you know, I watch Red Dwarf all the time, but I watched this particular episode again today. Yeah. I used to say bonk a lot <laughs> at that time. Did you guys used I to say I don't think bonk? I've ever said it. Right. Yeah, no, I did. Bonking, uh, yeah, bonking, and because, um, I, yeah, I think bonk was on a lot of programs because it's a safe way to, instead of saying sex, you say yeah. bonk. Oh, they're bonking. Bonk. Yeah. Yeah. That's the first time I've ever said that. I think we should bring Bonk back. <laughs> like, like, Let's do that. Like, B-B-B. How was that day? Oh, you know, we bonks. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sign of a good date. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so, uh, so Rimmer um, is there. But then um, they managed to, Crichton manages to get uh, the boxer shorts off uh, Lister. Um, and it, it, was, it looked like it was hard to do because it was getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And he's pleading to Crichton to take off. Um, yeah, so he 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 pulls it off um, and he throws it to the side, and uh, it turns into um, into an anaconda basically, which is uh, Lister's second worst fear. Um, and then they ask him what's his first worst fear, and he's, and he's like that, and it turns into a massive kind of like six foot tall monster, um, which is his worst fear. So was his second worst fear that his underwear would shrink? 
No. No, that was the kind yeah. of the anaconda, anaconda. kind oh, of okay, that was right. there only very briefly. Yeah. Um, but you know that I think I think my my kind of like I think that was his third fit worst thing. Yeah. Because like when I was watching it again, I did, I didn't really sort of take notice of the joke previously and then i watched it i was like that's a really weird fear it's gonna shrink on you very suddenly. specific yeah. isn't it but i think also having a, like a six foot killing machine monster is also a very specific fear like you wouldn't really <laughs> what's your really what's your guys of? biggest fears well this comes up in like ghostbusters doesn't it like when, when they think okay um stay don't think puff. yeah don't think of anything thick and uh and then and ray stands thinks of the stay puffed marshmallow man but then I saw someone on Twitter said that what they what their little daughter said they she would do was think of a of a bee or a wasp because the first person they kill it would die itself. Oh, that's clever. Yeah, unless it was like Some a mutant bee. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Could kill a bee. Yeah. So so yours is Stay Puff then. Um, <laughs> what I would I would think of something I would want to kill. What's my worst fear? I don't know. I don't really have many fears. I always think if you if you tell people in public what your worst fear is, it kind of it manifests itself, and it sometimes it somehow happens. I'm really a firm believer in like if you if you kind of let people know what your fear is, it'll, it'll keep it in. Yeah, don't give anyone the yeah. ammo. But I'm not, I'm not really scared of anything. I watch too many horror films for that. Good. And also, when I was when I was little, this is going to sound like like a like I'm a right weirdo, but when I was little, I used to have these nightmares, right? And I used to watch Nightmare on Elm Street religiously, like almost every day, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 1, 2, and 3, just never over and over again. Have you never seen That's them? What, like the Holy one series cow. I probably haven't seen. Oh. Yeah, I was the same up until about six months ago, and I right. bought the box set, and I've seen 1 and 2 now. 3 is the best one. Okay. 3 so is you amazing. you got the best to come. Yeah. Yeah, you do. <laughs> well, like, I, I was, I mean, I loved uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, but I was also scared of Freddy Krueger quite a lot. Mm. Um... So, but in my dream, I always have dreams about Freddy Krueger. And in one of my dreams, I don't know why, but I, Freddy was coming for me. I was in, in the boiler room where Freddy lives. And Freddy's coming up to me. And I was like, hang on, Freddy. Let's do a deal, right? Don't. This is what I said in my dream. You're bartering with yeah, Freddy Krueger. Yeah, I, I did. I was like, right. I don't know any of these people in this dream. If I kind of lead you to them, will you just like leave me alone for a while? And he's like, yeah, 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 cool. And then he gives me a remote control. I was like, what's this remote control? And he says, press that button and I'll appear. And I was like, cool, okay. That click with Adam Sandler. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> so basically, I'm transported to like um like a, an area where there's loads of people around, basically. And for for some reason, I thought I want to press it right now. Pressed it. The whole thing went really dark, and everyone was in the boiler room, and he was just going around killing everyone. And I was like, well, at least I'm all right. And then from that point, I've never been scared of like Freddy Krueger and and like or like any monster or anything really. Because of that one dream, like I, I feel like I'm on the side of the monsters. Have you pur- you've purged yourself of the fear by yeah. being in control? Yeah. Okay. yeah. I had this. I was talking to my wife the other day about this. Um, I had this dream. We're talking about dreams. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I had this dream that a clown chased me to my front door, and I turned round because <laughs> the door wouldn't open. And he said, "And this is the worst thing I've ever heard." And okay. it, you know, it was in a dream. He said, "Your mum said I could eat you." <laughs> that's was, terrifying. Wow, on m- multiple levels, that is that's scary. Never got over that. <laughs> Did you ever ask your mum about it? <laughs> no, I was too afraid of the answer. Clowns are scary. They're horrible. They're, I think it's because like I bought a big issue, and they had this clown on the front page. <laughs> on big issue. Really scary. <laughs> 
really scary. We we watched it, it at the weekend, and it's I haven't seen it great. since I was younger. And it holds up quite well, actually. You know, it it's does, still yeah. quite terrifying. They're remaking it as well, aren't they? Yeah. 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 Is it Tim Rice who is the um, Tim Curry? Tim Curry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Rice. Curry and Rice. Curry and Rice. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> when he's not writing for <laughs> Evita, he's appearing as a murderous clown. They need to get together to form a rock band. <laughs> Curry and Rice. Amazing. <laughs> So the uh, the snake appeared, and then the big uh, monster, six foot tall, arm plated killer machine turns up, and uh, yeah, and it attaches it because that is Lister's worst fear, and it feeds on emotions. It attaches its sucker to because um, it has a sucker to Lister's forehead, um, and it basically sucks out that emotion um, uh, from Lister, and it sucks out his fear, um, and then it kind of quickly escapes. Uh, away leaving Lister unconscious um guys what would you say um is your strongest emotion if the if the polymorph appeared right now and sucked an emotion out of you what would you say it would be bitterness <laughs> oh <laughs> wow I, I, I against who that's my fuel okay I, I run on a perpetual um supply of bitterness no, no 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 um I'd, I'd probably say like um hmm yeah, fortitude. I don't know. I, I, I can't say anything fortitude. without being too pretentious. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. It's really hard to kind of pick. I guess it's other, for other people to judge what your strongest emotion yeah. is. What, what's yours, Daniela? Gosh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Um, I, think, I think this is a question we can, we can keep for, for later on. What, what, do you, what do you think is my strongest emotion? You know me quite I well. think your strongest emotion is... I don't know. What I'm quite the, resilient. I think it's... You care a lot about things. Yeah, about... maybe I care too much. Yeah, sometimes. but what's what's the emotion yeah. to in passion? Oh, uh, compassion. 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 So it would take away your compassion. So okay. you would you would just like kick You'd dogs in the head and stuff. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. That sounds fun. And, we'll, 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 and you have to figure out what myself and, and Billy's are during the course of this episode. So we'll okay. ask you at the okay. end. Okay. Search our souls. And <laughs> yeah. I'll do it. And Billy, at the end, I'm going to have to somehow come up with a quiz for you. By the way, okay. Based on this episode. Great. And. Your prize is, I'm going to tell you what the Arsenal score is. Oh my God, that's awesome. I was going to say, like, you guys don't mind me checking my phone. <laughs> yeah. But no, this is great. It's this part cool. of the quiz. Okay, cool. So, um, yeah, so uh, Crichton basically explains to everyone what the polymorph has done is he feeds on the negative emotions. Um, and Lister wakes up uh, without fear and wants him to fight the polymorph. Um, saying, And this is like when, when they start kind of semi-swearing in Red Dwarf um, and he says he wants to get out of there and twat it and I remember I had a Red Dwarf t-shirt that said get out of there and twat it and this is when I was like like 10, 11 and my and I remember my aunt visited from Newcastle and my, like, this is my family from, from Newcastle and she came down and she was shocked beyond belief that like I had a t-shirt with, with the word twat on it can we say twat do you think? it's a yeah, strong word yeah so. isn't it? and I was just like well that just means fight doesn't it and she's like no it doesn't mean fight and then she explained to me what it actually meant like in in biology terms and I was like oh wow and this is on my t-shirt wow I think it's pretty tame though I think if in the right context and <laughs> there's a lot yeah. worse words around yeah. yeah but before this subject. episode we were just hearing smeg this smeg that and now we're hearing we're here in twat yeah after the watershed <laughs> yeah it's after the watershed so that, i guess that's fine so Crichton's explaining to them um uh, what's happened and so lister really wants to fight him um and they're in the science room uh and Crichton, because lister's going nuts he sedates him uh and rimmer and they, they're trying to figure out a plan uh, to defeat this uh genetically engineered life form and that's running around the ship um so rimmer says the plan should be to run away 
um yeah and they kind of yeah. uh say yeah that's that's quite a, a good plan get onto the shuttles kind of like they did in, in the last episode of the marine um and he says never never tangle with something that's more teeth than the entire osmond family i'd just like to point out at this at this point that yeah. this is where my notes kind of stop i literally have two more sentences <laughs> i have quasar and Doctor from Casualty, because I was, I was enjoying the episode so much, I didn't make any more notes. I was just watching it. Well, the the rest of it is just a pure action anyway. Um. <laughs> it does. It's like when they go with the bazookoids, though. Yeah, it looks oh, like Quasar, it doesn't, does, it? doesn't it? Just, yeah. wow. I love Quasar. I absolutely love Quasar. It's lit like Quasar as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's quasar. Do you call it Quasar or do you call it Laser Quest? Quasar. Uh, Quasar, I've always called it. Because I think always think Quasar is the brand name, but Laser, oh, Laser Quest is the no, brand name. Yeah, I think Laser, Laser Quest, Quest is the brand. On, on the outside. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, is it? Yeah. I, I went to a, a Laser Quest recently, randomly, not to play because I was like filming something there, and um, it's still very popular. They've just opened up a new one in East London, in I think it's in Whitechapel. They opened a big, massive, new, epic go. one. Yeah, we should go. It's, it's, it'll be good. Um, I once got so excited when I was in a quasar um, sort of thing. I ran into the wall. <laughs> so... It is dark in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really dark. Um, yeah, so uh, they did decide that um, Rimmer's plan is kind of good. So they start loading up uh, supplies from the cargo bay. Um, but Kat um, is forced to run from their own accidentally fired uh, heat sinking bazookoids because the bazookoids is a new introduction into Red Dwarf. They never they they could have done with those bazookoids in previous episodes, but um, here we find uh, bazookoids. Um, and in the new series of Red Dwarf, apparently they're going to be bazookoids because uh, the Red Dwarf Twitter account has shown that they will be there. Um, yeah, so these are heat sinking. So they accidentally fire off. So there's these um, these kind of bazookoid. Um, bullets like flame balls bolts, bolts of I think yeah they're called bolts. bolts i've looked this yeah up. and they're kind of I, flying I around the ship balls. i would call them like, balls as well like flame like, balls look at those balls chasing cat's head <laughs> you're really lowering the time <laughs> so sorry <laughs> yeah like you know the, the reason that they get fired is because of rimmer's cowardice his, his yeah. trademark cowardice <laughs> it's over there exactly yeah and um the, do you know the the sound effect that they used do you know what the sound effect they used for the for the um fire in the bazookoids i think i know this go for it is it the um the lightsabers yes star wars? it's the lightsabers no. from star wars what? yeah but then apparently in the remastered version it's they've exchanged the sound to something else but what i watched not on netflix it was still the the star wars noises i found um which, yeah, I think, are you allowed to do that? Just just nick stuff from Star Wars? It's a sample, isn't it? Yeah. So, like, they yeah, can just why not? nick it. Yeah. But maybe it's too generic to kind of, like, pin down. Maybe they thought it would just never get picked up. Yeah, that's true. Until the internet came about a few years later. <laughs> Until now. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so, so they, they have to kind of keep a, an eye on on these bazooka codes that are flying around. And... Uh, yeah, so the cat um, is runs away from it, um, and although he has lightning reflexes, uh, well, because the fact he has lightning reflexes, he manages to trap it um, inside a um, kind of like a sh- like almost like a stasis pod, but it's just like a door. Um, is it like an airlock or something like yeah, that? Yes, an airlock. But like it's weird because if you look inside the airlock, you can see through the window. They're, they're just not moving. They're just basically patiently waiting behind the door, behind the window of of the of so the airlock. Like they're just looking. Just yeah, waiting, just going, waiting. Yeah, but then it's one of those things like Chekhov's gun. It's like you know that's going to come back later um, in, in, into play. And he says something like, "When you've got it, you got it." Is that what he, what he says? It's something like that. Yeah, um, and. That, 
the cat is i mean this is back to like season one season two cat where he's very boisterous and uh he uh he kind of loves himself and fair enough he managed to outsmart some uh, some balls balls of energy going mm-hmm. through his head <laughs> um yeah so uh we then see cat f- um he's full of pride and he's ha- really happy with himself because he's managed to do that and he thinks he's a right gangster and then we see a lady turn up um and this lady um a very pretty looking do you remember what her name is um, the actress. She's from Casualty. That was my doctor. Oh, Francis, Francis Barber. Francis, yeah. Francis Barber. I think it is. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, she's been in, in quite a few things, and this is she was relatively young. I think she's very attractive, um, and she just sidles up to Cat as he's walking along, and she kind of compliments him and tries to kind of. Uh, it's a good exchange. It's a great exchange because being Cat, he's just like, yeah, this this girl's this girl's on to me. She's I'm well in here, and she. What's uh, so amazing? He doesn't go. Where did you come? Yeah, doesn't no. question like it. Yeah. Baby. Exactly, because he's so he's so full of himself. He, he loves himself so much. He it doesn't really see like, yeah. the outside world. And her earrings are incredible. I can't remember. Do you remember? It, no. Like they're sort of these shiny, jagged. Oh wow! Huge. Yes, I do. I do remember them yeah. now. Yeah, they're just huge. Yeah kind of like what what um 80s sci-fi shows thought the future would be like girls <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> in the future um so he she tells him she kind of trying to butter him up a bit um and tells him um because she, he's trying she's trying to elicit some kind of emotion strong emotion out of him so um she tells him oh you're the you're the most beautiful looking uh man i've i've ever seen and he's like i didn't want to be the first one to say it uh, <laughs> and um he uh she, he kind of like uh, starts speaking to her and she says to him, I'd uh, like to make love to you. And he's like, well, what are you doing in, in 10 seconds? Um, but then he asks her her name and she says, um, genetically, did she say genetically engineered life. life form? And she's like, Jenny, what? I love that. <laughs> Such great. a good joke. Yeah. <laughs> so she is, uh, and all the audience already knew that she was a genetically engineered mutant. Um, and uh, he, she drains him of his vanity, um, which turns him not into, because you'd think later on when this, this premise comes up again, he turns into Dwayne Dibley, which is a character that comes in season five. Yes. So this is this pre, pre, pre Dwayne Dibley. Um, <laughs> and he basically turns into a, a dirty, smelly tramp, really. Um, which is kind of like Dwayne Dibley a bit, but maybe a little bit more. It's because he's not nihilistic. lost his, his class. He's sort of lost his, his vanity. Will. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's lost his will to look good. Yeah, which was his raison d'etre, really. That was his reason for, for being, reason for living. Um, so yeah, so that's all gone. So he's just a dirty, smelly tramp, really. Um, and uh, yeah, and we see him, he's wearing like kind of a dirty kind of old Mac and he's bedraggled and he seems to have a drink in his hand. Um, and yeah, it's it's great. It's great to see Cat play, do something else instead of just being Cat the whole time. Um and he kind of just mutters under his breath all the time. Um, and then Crichton and Rimmer find him. And Crichton, um, and Rimmer tells Crichton, and, and Rimmer's acting a bit strange here. He tells Crichton that's his fault uh, that this happened. And he let Cat run off alo- alone, causing uh, Crichton's guilt chip to go into overdrive. Uh, and of course, Rimmer isn't Rimmer. Rimmer is uh, the polymorph and was trying to entice an emotion, a strong emotion, out of Crichton. And the thing is, he's a mechanoid, so I didn't think he would have emotions. It's kind of weird. How, how, I thought it could only be like a humanoid thing. It's very strange, but he meant. Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of strange. I mean, yeah. you think that sort of in a person, 
an emotion would be something that you can drain like through the cells or something yeah. like that. Mm. Maybe it does it organically because exactly. it's organic to organic matter. Yeah, that makes sense. Triton, it's like, where does he... Yeah. Where does he get this? He just get from his microchips? But you obviously see that he has that with the earlier scene where um, he insults well, he has emotions. mom and he's really apologetic oh, and really upset. True. So you, you see that he has that sort of regret and emotion. Yes. Oh, wow. That's a good call, but I never even thought about that. I've seen this episode like a million times. I didn't even think... They kind of telegraphed it earlier on in the, in the episode, mm. showing his guilt yeah. about um, offending Rima. Wow, that's interesting. Okay. Yes, episode fourteen. I find it an oh, interesting. It's interesting. <laughs> Mark it well down, done, people. Today's the Mark day. Mark it down. Um, so yeah, so um, the polymorph uh, attaches a sucker to Crichton's head and uh, pulls out his guilt. And what that does to to Crichton, it turns him into a kind of a, a mean mother who doesn't really care for human life anymore all he cares is, is kind of like about himself and he just does it's very it's very mean really because all, all he did was uh, look after kind of humanoids and the rest of the ship and now that's gone it's like the anti-purpose because his yes. you know, his purpose his very his raison d'etre yeah was sort of just to serve people exactly but i think like it's actually a really clever device that yeah. to mm. get the polymorph to build up the emotions before it sucks it out it's just yeah. great writing again once it's again it's great so writing. Clever. um it makes me think because i mean watching this i was like this is such a good concept did they copy this from somewhere but i couldn't find i mean besides the obvious kind of like alien kind of um um comparisons i mean i've never seen anything like this that sucks emotions i think it's a really good sci-fi yeah. concept mm. um and it's no wonder they used it kind of again in, in, in a later episode because it's just such a good vehicle to get the, the crew to do something different for a change um and yeah so um he uh so Crichton is very insulting and uh selfish from now on he i love care. seeing all the characters actually oh it's great yeah. it's, it's great really it's in, in, in a new light and um so uh rimmer appears um probably the real rimmer appears and he kind of for some reason he's acting a lot more brave than he usually is and he kind of like shoes off the polymorph he's like shoo shoo go away and the polymorph kind of does what he asks and just and goes away and while uh Crichton is is being uh really really mean to him really and Crichton's calling him Haljorn head and 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 rimmer's just there to kind of help again rimmer's been quite nice the rest of the rest of his queue um crew and we also see another shot of Cat being drunk and he's managed to find a, in the meantime, like a, a Newcastle brown ale bottle is just like <laughs> down in it, just lost in his, his uh, pity party. Um, but then we see uh, Crichton um, again um, and they're all kind of like sitting around. Um, Crichton says, oh, look, it's uh, because they go and they go and see what Alyssa's up to. And they walk in on uh, Lister essentially having sex with Rimmer's mum. So wrong. Yeah. And Crichton says, oh, look, it's Bonehead's mum. And uh, Rimmer's getting angrier and angrier. And Holly's screaming at him, um, Arnold, it's not your mother, it's the polymorph. And uh, and, and then his, Rimmer's mum, who's the polymorph, is trying to make him be angry. But he's, he's doing a good job of resisting it for a while. Um, and he, um, but he's, she's amping it up, amping it up again. Um, and, uh, and Crichton also says, oh, she's very prim and very proper, almost austere, is she? Which enrages Rimmer once again. 
And then uh, Lister's and Rimmer's mum says, "Ah, oh, the things he can do with alphabetic spaghetti." <laughs> and this is a brilliant bit where, I love it. yeah, he just says, "Alphabetic spaghetti." <laughs> <laughs> it's great. You need to sample that for a subway track. Yeah, I'm going to. I love it. It's great. It's so good. And I think this is my introduction to alphabetic spaghetti as well, because like. <laughs> In popular culture, alphabetic spaghetti is, is quite commonplace, but I don't think I ever saw it. No, I, I, I growing up with an Italian mother. Oh, she you wouldn't know, allow that. That, that was a bad substance in our house. It's one of um, my wife's favourite foods, actually. Alphabetic spaghetti. Like, yeah, just, Does she try and make words with it? Yeah. You've got to, really, yeah. <laughs> We're just did alf- alphabetic spaghetti on toast. Oh, that's and I, lovely. I don't think I've ever consciously realised that it's from this episode. And every time I go to reach, I'm like, Alphabetti Spaghetti. <laughs> I think she just looks at me really weird. And I'm like, I'm, I'm sure that's from someone. Like, maybe it's in the advert or something like that. I'm sure it's not. Now I know now where it's you from. Know. Oh, and actually, um, yeah, if you, if you do uh, do a song with Alphabetti Spaghetti in, this is, this is the point where I can, I can reveal on um, the Parallel Universe show when we spoke about um, uh, Tongue Tied, um, um, Tom Dark and uh, Tom Stab they've informed me that since that episode has aired sales in Tongue Tide have gone up 250% wow really just make heads the power of the podcast <laughs> yeah. that's amazing so yeah thanks for, for downloading and uh, buying that you've uh, hopefully earned because like I, I went on Twitter and I went to Danny John Jules on Twitter I was like oh did you, do you know how many uh, do you know how many records you've sold at Tongue Tide and he was like tell me the record company won't tell me anything and he was like email me we've got to talk urgently so I, I, he emailed you <laughs> yeah so we were emailing each other and I was telling him well this is this is what I've been given by um, the, your record company and he and then he starts tweeting about Warner's about and just going just going off them. Like, oh my god, He's Tom's not happy. Yeah, Tom's gonna get in trouble for this. Tom oh my <laughs> yeah. god. And uh so yeah, so um it sold a hundred thousand records in nineteen ninety three, which if it which uh, yeah, which it would be number one if it was released now. Um well, near enough number one. It was got to number seventeen then. Um and since ninety four to now, I think it sold because it was no, no more physical formats and it's only just being put onto digital. I think it's only sold 1,400. Um, but I think that's fair enough because it's, it's not been in popular culture for a while. So, yeah, in, in, in the last week, it's gone up 250% anyway in the last couple of weeks. That's so cool. And it's a really great song. Oh, it's such a it's, good song. Oh, are you, you going to give it a go? Okay. I, I'll, sing, <laughs> I'll sing the refrain before my favourite bit. Um, okay. Oh, darling... I'm on my knees, I'm begging, begging, please, believe me when I say, blah, when I first saw that, when I was so much younger, when I first saw that, I swear, I nearly pooped my pants. It's the best, it's the best song ever. <laughs> See, like, so there's three people in the subways. You could recreate Tongue Tied. We could do it. We could, do, could do it. it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've got my uh, Dub Smash app. Uh, <laughs> it's on there. It's we on could there. Do it. Okay. Well, when we okay, we'll I'll insert here. We'll we'll do it after after the podcast. We'll ins- It's only like fifteen seconds, though, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Fifteen seconds. We'll record it. it yeah. And I'll insert it right here, and I'll put it on the website. Amazing. Okay. <laughs> um, By the way, when I did sing that little bit, that's not my best singing. <laughs> it was amazing. It was better than my best singing. So don't worry. <laughs> I was playing Daniela some subways earlier on, and, and she she was digging it. Yeah. Yeah. I was really <laughs> you don't excited. Just have to, you don't have to. No, say I was really excited because um, we were watching the clip of um, in Rock and Roller, yeah. which is one of my yeah. favourite films, and yeah. I. 
never knew that was you. Yeah, yeah. We, I never knew you were in Rock and Roller as well. But it's, it's a really weird scene because it's basically these like these these kind of gangster guys trying to get into a subway's gig. Yeah, well. Th- <laughs> Tell us I about that. Tell that us was about part that. Of our demographic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, actually, up until that point, Rock and Roll Queen had kind of been used for love scenes, and it was used in yeah. um, uh, like quite energetic when, love scenes. It must be. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, in in porn dot com. Yeah, maybe I haven't checked. Um, <laughs> but um, in Die Hard Four, it was used when uh, John McClane's daughter was making out with a guy. In Die in Hard Four. Yeah, it was on the radio in the car, and oh, they're wow, making out, and cool. he like opens the car door and says, "Get out!" And um, you know, <laughs> Kate Moss danced to it in one of her adverts or something like that yeah. around the pole. And, oh, that's um, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I thought was pretty cool. Um, so, how did the rock and roll thing come about? Like, well, um, we were recording our second album in Los Angeles, and I woke up one morning, and um, our manager Ben uh, ran into my room. I met Ben. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a good he's guy. A good guy. Yeah, he's he is. A good guy. Um, and he ran into uh, my room and says, "Wake up, um, Guy Ritchie's going to call you in a minute." And I love no like lock, stock, <laughs> and snatch. Yeah. Um, so I was like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" And I quickly sort of put my pants on. And you know, <laughs> this is when he was still with Madonna, right? He was still yeah, with he was Madonna, still right? with Madonna, and yeah. Um, well, actually, at the um, at the premiere, uh, we were sort of all sat down in the set. Have you guys been to a premiere? Yeah. 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 Right. It was my first time, <laughs> and. Um, you know, everyone sort of sat down in the premiere. We're all watching. Everyone walked down the red carpet because me and my wife, we just bombed it down. I hate cameras and all that. Charlotte was like loving it. Her and her husband were just lapping it up. And uh, like my wife as well, she was just like, no, I can't have any of this. So we just bombed it down the red carpet. We just wanted to get the free teasers and popcorn that we heard was Honestly, happening. But that was worth yeah. it. So good. Um, so we're watching. And... Um, uh, so Guy Ritchie and Madonna get out of their limo and they're walking down the red carpet and everyone in the picture house yeah. just turned to each other and went, yeah, they totally got together just for this. <laughs> and you know that like in, in five days time, it's going to come out that they're divorcing, <laughs> but they looked like a pair that were just about to split and that they were oh, doing, yeah. they were doing it for the dollar. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, in, in, in this film, in rock and roller, um, for the first time, pretty much, uh, well, actually, no, on the way up, on the train up, my wife says, so how do you reckon it's the song's going to be used? And mm-hmm. I pretty much had no idea. I know I knew that we were in a club and that um, there was going to be a scene in the back and that our music was going to be in the background and then they'd have a few shots of us playing and me crowd surfing. But we had no idea of what they were going to do on the exterior shots. <laughs> yeah. that. And she was like, what do you reckon? Like, do you think people are just going to be making out? I was like, I hope someone gets killed. Like, <laughs> for the first time ever, I want our music to be used over the top of someone getting done yeah. in. Yeah. And it yeah. happened yeah. with a pencil. I know, it's so cool. <laughs> that was so brutal as well. Because you could yeah. see it coming. Yeah. Stabs him in the neck first and then his chest and then yeah. just... In the, in the face oh, and I was God. sitting there I was just going yeah <laughs> we're looking around going he's getting killed dude and you were there yeah. singing along and, yeah. it's an awesome scene <laughs> so were you were you in the actual venue that they, they filmed in it was filmed in Bournemouth um, okay very in, rock and roll very rock yeah. and roll yeah <laughs> by the sea woo <laughs> they got um, crazy mini golf there <laughs> Right, yeah. If you you know, if you want to go crazy mini golf, rock and roll, you, you go to Bournemouth. Yeah, that's do, where it's at. Yeah. Uh, but it's the fire station, which is one of the best venues. Oh in the no, country, I've been there. Yeah, yeah, say. yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, and I was actually really annoyed because they asked us to play Rock and Roll Queen like four times during the set. Uh-huh. <laughs> And like, this is the only time I've ever been diva. 
<laughs> I was like, I'm not playing the song four times. That's so embarrassing. Um, but eventually, like, Guy was like, oh, dude, it'll be cool. And I'm, Did he have a gun to your head? You, 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 next time he tells scary. us, he put a gun yeah, to my head. He he's like, he's the nicest guy you'll ever meet. Yeah. Like, he's so polite. He seems quite intense. He's so like. nice. Intimidating. But he's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And scary. And he's like, I think he's really nice because he knows he doesn't have to be mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, he's yeah, doing he's, all right. He's really cool. Yeah. So he doesn't yeah. need to be mean anymore. No. He's fun. I'm not a big fan of the Sherlock films, though. Oh, I love them. I, I oh, love I the Sherlock films. I don't like films. it. Oh, I like, I'm a Sherlock. huge Sherlock Holmes yeah, me fan too. anyway. Like, like the Jeremy Brett series and all the books and yeah. stuff. Like, That's great. So, uh, yeah. So, back back to the episode. Um, so, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what we're here <laughs> for. I forgot. So you so the yeah, so they see uh um Lister having sex with uh Rimmer's mum basically. But um Holly's there she's trying to convince him, calm down, Rimmer, it's not your mum, it's the polymorph. But the alphabet spaghetti line sends him over the edge. Alphabet spaghetti And uh yeah, and then Rimmer gets really angry and he and the polymorph appears and, and puts a sucker on Rimmer's head and on his H even and somehow sucks an emotion out of a hologram. Yeah. Which is kinda of weird. Because you think <laughs> yeah, it could just go from his from his back up and just get the emotion back again. Uh but yeah, so it drains him of his anger, turning him into um kind of a, a glasses wearing um kind of uh Hippie. Geeky counselor type guy. Like I'm, I'm sort of, um, I'm tempted to not say this because I'm, I'm quite, I'm, well, I'm more than quite lefty. I'm very okay. lefty. Okay. We're gonna say Corbin. Sorry, you're gonna say he looks like Jeremy Corbyn. Well, <laughs> yeah, he's like your <laughs> archetypal stereotype lefty. Yeah armchair social. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, um, with the goatee and the glasses and uh, yeah. Rome, my wife turned to me and went, "He looks like you, ah. you But he does. He so he so does. Because I think as back then, that was it was kind of like a um, a, a stereotype that's kind of been pushed to it to its limits. But now I think there's a, a lot of people that are kind of like this. I mean, they they further emphasize it by having him wear a t-shirt saying, um, "Give Keisha a chance," which yeah, is an I'm awesome t-shirt. Keisha it's chance. Keisha, yeah, Keisha's great, and that t-shirt's great. Mm. <laughs> I do want that t-shirt as well when we get it. It's uh, sort of like actually a Pedro, vote for Pedro it t-shirt. It is, yeah. Styly, yeah. isn't it? It's one of those ones we can just put, attach the letters on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so um, he is. He, he says, right, this this is our plan. We are going to uh, do a leaflet campaign um, and a, a car boot sale and things like that. And, and obviously um, this is showing his um, non-aggressive side and they're kind of trying to promote him as or trying to, portray him as someone who has zero anger in him because the polymorph has taken it um and he wants to form an allegiance with the rest of the crew and call themselves clitoris <laughs> which can you remember what it stands for no I, I i wrote down um a movement to the anagram of clitoris which yes. i think it was a huge huge joke though it was a massive joke and i, I <laughs> i've always i don't even have look it's the committee for the liberation and integration of terrifying organisms and, and their rehabilitation into society I've known it's that since amazing. I was wow. a little boy. It's just it's great writing it and it's just so funny as well. But obviously which watching this as a kid, um, you're like, What's clear? I'm sure that's meant to be funny. Oh <laughs> it's all right, Jed, I'll tell you one. Will you please thank you? <laughs> well obviously it's some kind of mythical kind of uh, sci fi thing. Yeah, it doesn't exist. <laughs> um yeah, and um <laughs> but the others are have their own ideas. Lister basically just wants to fight because he, he has no fear anymore. He's just calling everyone slag. <laughs> yeah, he is, yeah. <laughs> He's just this this is the the episode of Red 
sidewalk where they're just coming out with all kinds of twats, slags, <laughs> all kinds of stuff is happening. Um, and uh, yeah, he just basically wants to, to to twat him and to fight him and die fighting him, really. Cat uh, just mutters under his breath, like, oh, he doesn't, he just says he doesn't care, blah, 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 doesn't matter, I don't matter. And Crichton, being a mean person, just says, yeah, we should send Lister in as a decoy, um, and then the rest of us can just go off and, and try and escape because he doesn't care about human life anymore um and they kind of like agree that list's plan just to basically destruction is the is the way to go and out of all of those guys whose plan would you kind of go for so would you go for rumors kind of like to give 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 Keisha a chance like be peaceful and try and, and work it out Crichton's to, to to kind of use lister as a decoy listers just to go out and fight it and if you die you die or cats which is just kind of like mumbled i don't what think would you do? this is what, ever going to work is yeah because like i think that's no. they're sort of making a joke of pacifism in a way yeah, it episode, is, yeah. saying yeah you can like sit in committee rooms as much as you want and sort of think up all these great slogans but if you don't actually do anything yeah nothing's ever i gonna don't get think you done. can reason with a polymorph no you can't See, it's like, just going to suck all your emotions <laughs> until you're dry. I think there's, there's so many different options they could have done here. Because I was, I, I was, every time the, the crew of Red Dwarf go through, have a dilemma, I always think, right, well, what would I do in this, in this situation? Holly is a clever computer. All they can, what Holly could do is just lock off the room that they're in now and just take out the air from all the rest of the ship. And it'll just kill the polymorph. Yeah, could do that. Boom. Totally. Uh, but again, maybe Holly is a bit space senile as Holly's been alone for three million years, um, just twiddling his, her thumbs. Um, That's the beauty of Red Dwarf, though, I think, is the inconsistency. Yeah. Yeah. Just, oh, there's so much inconsistency. It sort of it operates in a vacuum of sort of its own laws in that particular episode. <laughs> yeah. And it can completely change in the next episode. There's something sort of exactly crazy yeah and that's why like about it you just don't it's that's the beauty of watching red dwarf you just you literally don't know what's going to happen even though you think you have the character traits like locked down something can come along that's just to, to, to surprise you yeah and i hope in the new season i am surprised um so yeah so um they go off to the cargo bay to hunt down that polymorph but um they ac- accidentally release the um the trapped balls <laughs> the trap balls the cat looked in the airlock Red and those balls. those balls go uh heat seeking again and and they have to dodge them um so yeah so they kind of like uh um, run away from it in some kind of comedy benny hill style uh and they duck just as it goes over their heads and it hits the polymorph uh which was emerging in its full massive menacing form behind them and it explodes into into a complete mess and uh, as soon as that happens, they kind of instantly get restored. Uh, their personalities get restored to how it was previously. Um, conveniently. Yeah, yeah. conveniently. <laughs> just nicely ends the episode. And Crichton, um, obviously he knows what he's did. So he's, he's like, oh, I'll, I'll commit suicide straight Aww, away. Poor oh, Crichton. Just, yeah, he gets his guilt back. And he must be overloaded with guilt because yeah. he let it happen to people. Um, which which I think is is, is great. Um, and... Uh, yeah, and Kat and Rimmer, uh, they're, they're kind of horrified with the fact that they're wearing what they're wearing. I mean, it's quite easy for Rimmer because he can just get Holly to make him wear whatever he wants. Yeah. But Kat is wearing the something that would drive him absolutely crazy because he's a stickler for fashion and he looks like a like a complete mess. He has to sort himself out straight. <laughs> he really <laughs> does. Because he usually has like a bath like every 20 minutes or something. Um, yeah, and uh, we kind of like see uh, the last scene is when they... Uh, walk off 
we notice, well, actually, we see before that, we see another shot of outside the ship and we see the uh, space pod revolving again and we see a sign that's saying contains two. And, dun, 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 dun. and then we see the crew walking in single file uh, conveniently again. Um, and we essentially see uh, Lister having a double um, and that um, is obviously the polymorph and he looks at screen and he kind of smiles. Um, Amazing. So we know there's another polymorph aboard. Um, so yeah, that was... There's sort of a laugh over the top as well, I think. Yeah, there is, yeah. That sort of creepy Sinister. voice. Sinister. Yeah. It is. And is that the voice of the polymorph? Was the narrator the voice of the polymorph? It's, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Was the narrator laughing at the what's happening? It's kind of, kind of strange. Yeah. So yeah, I looked. At, I thought that it might be a Halloween episode because it did fit. It felt did it that really? way at the beginning, but it was um, done this for Halloween. I think it was shown um, end of November. End of November. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So I thought that's not quite. But um, it was definitely a, um, a, a, sh- a a different a departure from the previous Red Wolf episodes. Yeah, mm. and like uh, like the next day, like uh, in school. Um, everyone was talking about this if if your if your curfew was passed like i think it was on that like half eight or was it nine um and you managed to watch this you were like a hero the next day in school because you'd seen something amazing yeah. and i and like to like to this day i still think of this episode of red dwarf as just monumental it is almost like changed my idea of what um a, a sitcom could be like a tv show a comedy yeah. could be because it's this was effectively a cinematic monster film on 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 yeah, terrestrial tv made minutes. by the bbc <laughs> yeah and oh, the um, the uh puppetry is actually quite incredible. <laughs> yeah it's good um the, and the, the green screen scenery yeah the yeah. green screens as well i think when you see really the polymorph alongside yeah yeah it's great um yeah and the, i mean later on uh, in in red dwarf um you get the episode emo hawk polymorph 2 do you remember that one yeah no um yeah, it, it's not as it's not as good as this one. But, That's with um, the Gelfs as well, isn't it? The Gelfs are yeah. in it as well, yeah, and they have an emo hawk. Um, and it's just an excuse for the Red Wolf writers uh, to to bring back the polymorph and just have another fun-packed episode. Yeah, because this one was so good. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to hastily um, do a quiz for you now. Okay. So, Daniela, it's going to be a bit yeah. different than normal. Yeah, okay. Am you, I going to do the bell? You can do the bell. I'm going to do the bell. So, the bell is... If you get a question right, okay. and you get the smoke machine in your face, <laughs> not too much smoke. Not too much. Smoke. If you get it wrong, okay. So, so there really is genuinely is a smoke machine right next to Billy, and he'll get it. I'll do a quick, quick blast test. It, it's, it's non toxic or anything. You know, I'm going to get everything wrong, and it's just going to be patchy smoke. <laughs> I know. Just, just careful the fire alarm, Jared. That, that's just a test. That is right in my face. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's, I, it's like you're on stage now, isn't it? It does feel like I'm on stage. I um, like the Laura Palmer tea towel. Yeah, it's cool. Oh, we have to wait until 2017. I know, I'm not happy about that. Twin Peaks, yeah. But at least um, David Lynch has signed up. Yeah, yeah, I think it's like 20 odd episodes as well. It's crazy. Um, okay, so I'm going to have to find some... Because I, I didn't really prepare one, so I'm just going to find some stuff. Okay, so this episode was um, kind of inspired by a certain film um, and we've already mentioned that film is Alien right that was easy but what year did Alien come out um, I'd say you have to answer five of these right to get the Arsenal score um, this is going to be a guess okay um, I'm going to say 84 
Seventy-nine. That was a that was a hard one though. That was a hard one. <laughs> Billy's got a load of smoke in, in his face. Um, okay, so uh, next, um, can you? I'll, I'll have a little bit of a, a leeway for you here. Can you say what clitoris stood for? Oh. At, at least, at least three of the words <laughs> out of oh, no. the seven. Okay. Um, council. No. <sighs> committee. Yep. Yeah. Um. Hotel. <laughs> committee for the um, life forms. No. Liberation. Liberation of and there's a T. International. Oh, a T. Oh, sorry. Committee um, for the liberation integration of... Everything's falling out of ter- my head. Terrifying, and then there's an L. What does the L sound for? <laughs> I'm so Just glad I'm not doing this. <laughs> Just blow the smoke in my face. Oh, I feel oh. for you. This is usually me. It's the Committee for the liberation integration of terrifying life... <laughs> committee for liberation integration of terrifying life forms, and that terrifying organisms and their rehabilitation in society (laughs) okay as this is a new new series of red dwarf can you name the actress that plays the new holly can you remember what her name is oh no hattie hayward no i'll give you that hattie hayward that's one Ah. okay that's cool um Okay, what is the name of the guns um, that they use? The Zookoids. Yep. Yes. Cool. Um, what was the name of the character that Francis Barber played? Oh, genetic engineered life. Yeah, and it's kind of a shortened version. Jenny? Correct. That's three. What did I say for a nice little score? Five. Five. Okay. At one point, Lister says, it's clobbering time. Whose catchphrase is that in the Marvel Universe? It's a, it's a character's... Catchphrase. Hulk. I'll give no, you. No, 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 no. Sorry. Um, it's um. Ah. Uh. Na- name the team he's on, and it'll give you that. Oh, uh, Fantastic uh, Four. Yep. Give him that. It's uh, the thing. The yep. thing. That's right. Yep. Sorry. Okay. I just kept thinking Human Torch. It's not a Human Torch. <laughs> 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 One more. One more. Okay, I have to find a good question for you. What? I'm really nervous. I'm shaking. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all that um, no alcohol beer. Though. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so um, what city was this filmed in? Um, similar to previous episodes of Red Dwarf. Bristol. Nope, it is Manchester. Oh. Wow. You're going to really want to know what the square is. Yeah, so I've, get I've this just one. got it up on my screen. Get this. Okay, what is Lister cooking for, for cat? Uh, kebab. It's the. Yeah. Do I name Give him that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you that's so much. Fine. <laughs> okay, so here is the article. So it's only um, it's at half time. So um, it kicked off. Uh, so it's since, so, the sec- since the second half. A score, and they're playing Bayern Munich in the yeah, Champions League. A very important match. The and it's away. Arsenal nil. Oh. Bayern Munich three. Oh, no! no. 3-0, wow. And also doing so well. It is Bayern Munich, one of the yeah. best teams in the world. That was a quiz well, quiz at least, billy. At least I love quizzes, so thank yeah, you. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, um and I really I really love that Smeko's t shirt. I'm I'm gonna definitely like buy it when I do. When I'm gonna I get can. my wife to buy you guys one. Oh, oh thank oh, you. I'm not <laughs> 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 uh, 
um okay and um now's the time of the episode we want to go to the red dwarf uh uh forum and check out what they're saying about this episode because i asked them to let us know about each of the episodes and what they think because sometimes their input is a lot more enlightened than myself and daniela's <laughs> so um jason the dragon he's he's essentially written an essay so i'll just take out the, the best bits um some of his highlights of the episode is uh when uh let's, just, let's get out there and twat it yeah i guess so and also he's a big fan of when they say alphabetic spaghetti which is great that's gonna be my that's catchphrase from now on yeah and also uh rimmer's uh major leaflet campaign which also was very very good um steven simpson says um he believes that robert llewellyn uh Crichton's obvious reading from idiot boards those kind of like auto cue things during the how could i forget it speech um is one of his things he noticed and i didn't really notice that myself i'm gonna no, check that yeah um because it's usually like holly that you can see reading off an auto cue left and right and i was i was checking out hattie hayridge she she looked like she was reading off an auto cue as well but is that what he's doing because i just thought I he was being so. really blasé and aloof and like you know <laughs> just looking around and i well i think especially in season two i think um norman lovett who played the original holly he's kind of given up a little bit right. <laughs> like he was just like phoning it in really um and I, maybe or maybe and this is hattie hayridge's way of um pointed to the fact that Norman Lovett did read off an autocue so she's kind of copying emulating his his eye movements I don't know and next we've got Dan Pendo who uh says basically just mentions um that this is um the first part of uh the polymorph uh, the dual episodes where they come back in in emo hawk polymorph 2 um and he expected the the second polymorph in emo hawk to be a, a completely different polymorph um which which it is thanks Dan um and also, uh, there's a big argument between Jason, Jason the Dragon and Dan Pendo, where they, they they have a fight over whether the polymorph can change your clothes as well. Oh, is that online? Yeah, on the Red Wolf Forum, yeah. Right. Oh, the Red Wolf Forum's great. <laughs> it's it's great. I've never been on. It's, it, it's great, because there's, a, there's, there's like the Red Wolf sections, and there's this section called Garbage Pod, which is just everyone fighting with each other just really personal it's it's great it's great to watch it sometimes it gets a little bit too too Scary. far yeah but it's great entertainment it's, it's just a great website i mean that's just the back end the front end is just red dwarf news and it's, it's great there's some really good red dwarf websites out there ganymede and titan being being another one um yeah so um, does the polymorph when he takes your emotions does he change your clothes for you because i don't think he does does he because a cat walked off screen a bit to get changed i feel um yeah you could you can understand rimmer's clothes changing but the others that's true yeah maybe that's gonna be and definitely in in not to give any spoilers for a later series but in in emo hot polymorph 2 the ch clothes definitely do not change because at one point cat is still dressed as cat but with Dwayne dibley's features <laughs> and stuff um yeah and uh let's see what else we've got just a few more <laughs> yeah so simulant 1000 who's always very contra contrary basically if anyone posts anything he will say the opposite so he so everyone's saying this is a great episode and simulant said it's the most vulgar of any episode <laughs> i think this is because of the use of like kind of like tame swearing and he doesn't like that too much so i asked him what, what, what do you mean explain he said the language non-family friendly swearing and references to female anatomy that's tautologists surely the first two are exactly the same yes they are yeah <laughs> unless i he, have he, to take issue with that i have to be contrarian unless unless he means it's like <laughs> just the grammar rather than the actual content of the 
maybe. What, but are, what are they again? Sorry. But... Um, so it's the language, language. non-family friendly swearing. What's the family f- friendly swearing? So the language oh, is snake. essentially vocab, isn't okay. it? What you use. Okay. So Sim, Billy from the subways is, is burning you now. You need to get I'm some sorry, German. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a student of English language and literature, so you know, <laughs> depends I, if he's talking I have a degree about. in um in, in English literature. Do you? Yeah. Where did you study? Uh, Middlesex University. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't like it. I didn't I'm just enjoy my time there. I looking forward to going to university. Yeah. Where are you going? Have you, have you picked somewhere? Uh, no. Not yet. I've had two <laughs> unconditional offers. Oh, well, cool. I've got uh, two interviews lined up. Okay. And I'm waiting for another to get back. So. Who, what's your ideal place you want, you'd want to go? to London. Oh, okay. yeah, fantastic. Which I've got an unconditional from. So. Oh, nice. Um, and, yeah, so uh, we have Aunt E... Um, just fight them with Simulant about um, <laughs> about it, and and this is this is how um, the Red Wolf forum gets. So Anti, uh, so Simulant says that the um, that the episode was very vulgar. So Anti has gone back through the years and posted every time that Simulant has mentioned this episode and shown him to kind of be. Um, uh, contradicting himself <laughs> that takes some doing that does, does that, that sh- that's dedication that, that is real dedication that is a real message board that's like that's like message boards from the early 2000s I am 2000s. so joining <laughs> you need I to do it so joining <laughs> um, uh, it's, it's really hard to work out who, who's in what clique and stuff it's uh, it's really I love difficult. that some people like the boardies are amazing like, I, I remember joining one uh, one board um, of a band when I was Which a lot band? younger. Oh, it's Future of the Left. Okay, yeah. Like, I just, you know, I loved the band so much. I was like, oh, yeah. see I think I saw board. their last ever gig. Yeah, uh, no, the, um, they they just had of? different lineups. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. Oh, I so where did, back you, where did you see them? I thought know? their last last gig was, it's either Glaster or, or Reading or something like right. that. Right. Possibly. Or maybe it was Coachella. It was probably Coachella, actually. I didn't yeah. know you'd been to Coachella. Oh, I've jealous. always wanted to go. I've <laughs> always wanted yeah. to go. Yeah, I went five times in a row. It just looks so tropical oh, compared yeah, to the Yeah, you know, I'd never do Glastonbury. It's <laughs> unlike any festival you've ever been to. Like for one, you're not allowed to drink while you watch the bands. There's a separate area for the for the drinkers. So you'd love it. That's typical America though. <laughs> yeah. Like I played a we played a gig in Seattle where they had a barrier down the centre of the room. <laughs> um, and people who were drinking went on one side and people who weren't drinking wow. went on the other. So I was you know, my side of the stage was the people who weren't drinking were just sort of looking at me. Arms crossed. Kind of like, yeah, we're designated drivers. Kind of oh. Charlotte's side were going insane. She was loving it. And I was sort of like, I'm going to go with yeah. your side. I kind of like that about America. We, um, cause, um, uh, uh, this this magazine was trying to court me to, 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 to work for them basically. Yeah. Um, so that we got invited to like these cool, pre-Coachella parties where all the, all the bands go and um, we had our uh, I went with loads of my friends and we had this one guy who was our designated driver and um, but we went to this party which is the most epic kind of lavish party you've ever seen in your life just like every band that's playing Coachella um, plus infinity free drinks and it was on a, in a, around a lake and around the lake there were stores and every kind of alcohol and beer and there was um, oh it was it was crazy and um, at one point in the night we noticed our our, um, our designated driver just down in tequilas and we're like oh no no this is what we did because because the, it's always in a secret location this particular party you get driven there blind Um we didn't know how to get back, so we, we basically got back to our our van, and we thought we're all drunk. We're all we're, we're probably going to die. So the best thing to do is if we all have one hand on on the wheel. If we die, then we're all to blame. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. And That's... like, 
it's so like, drunken. I know. But we were driving on these like little roads. <laughs> it was crazy. And we were picking up all kinds of hitchhikers. We picked up um, these t- these these two girls. And the first thing they said to us was like, we're lesbians. And we were like, all right, we're just going to give you a lift. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sober? Like dumb and dumber. No. We, uh, they, no, they weren't, they weren't sober either. They were really drunk. Because then you could just go, one of you's got to drive. <laughs> It's crazy. Don't drink and drive, kids. No, Definitely don't. No, <laughs> Very bad. Um, let's see if there's any more interesting things on the forum. Your mate DJ McBell's written an essay. And the last comment, I'll go back to Jason the Dragon because he has written an essay. He said um, about this episode, a woman wrote to Chris Barry about how she had to teach her child the meaning of clitoris. I wish she'd uh, write to me and tell me what it is after watching this episode. <laughs> and from then on, <laughs> Red Dwarf was banned in the house. Um, and Jason wonders if that child ever returned to Red Wolf fandom after coming of age. It's a good question. D- did I you hope so? Uh, yeah, I hope so too. And that's a very strict mum. Yeah, that like th- those sort of real conservative parents end yeah. up um, having to deal with kids who go off and do absolutely insane stuff when they're let off the leash. To anyway. sort of rebel, yeah. They so want surely something. you just want yeah. to just be just be understanding and just explain and be adult and treat that you know don't sort of underestimate exactly. or or speak or patronize speak yeah. down to your kids exactly god this is a parent in no. it is yeah i was gonna say my mum my used to ask me questions <laughs> <laughs> well i'm gonna ask her the questions when she comes into the podcast daniela um oh uh, by the way like i actually wrote to chris barry once did you really ask him what clitoris it, was <laughs> I may have. Which is why he didn't. I really need that answer, no, guys. He had a website because he was doing. It was a, during the period where, like, after season eight, when nothing was happening, yeah, pretty much, and they'd all sort of gone their separate ways. And um, I was in a in a hotel in Berlin, and I'd had a couple of drinks once, and I thought, like, I I think Josh and I just watched some episodes, and I was like, screw it, I'm going to see if like Chris Barry has a website or something like that because we were just talking about how much we love. That sounds awesome, River. right? Especially and, in Berlin, uh, which is kind yeah. of the coolest city in the world. It's like, yeah, I don't want to Chris Barry now. <laughs> yeah, so I opened my laptop and I found he had a website and he, ha- he had like this email up and everything. I was like, oh, brilliant. <laughs> I wrote this really long email saying, I love you. You're so cool. Please write back. It'd be great to have coffee or something. Like, you know, That's amazing. And, uh, maybe have you sing on one of our tracks. Or that would like be that. amazing. But <laughs> like the next day I woke up and I remembered that I wrote it and I was really excited and I got an email and it's, it said like RE email sent to Chris Barry. Yeah. And like, it was, it was total, like, you know, it just bounced back. Oh no. You know, yeah, it, it, it finished. Like essentially his account had just <laughs> no, he's ended. Dead and, yeah. He had, all, he had all that Tomb Raider money. So he, he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and that British Empire kind of like. Oh, yeah. So oh. basically I don't, I don't think the website was being maintained anymore. And, Probably and, not. And no. the email was, was a duff email. So Chris, if you're out there and you're listening, Billy, just, Billy wants you to come and uh, yeah. sing. Contact, dude. Yeah, it's, it's been years and yeah. it still yeah. hurts. And he's still waiting. It's like, <laughs> it's like uh, I'm still waiting for my email from, um, yeah, Professor Stephen Hawking. He still hasn't got back to me. He's an absolute smeghead. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's basically the episode. So now it's come to the time where we uh, look at the smegheads charts. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's uh, Daniel's boyfriend was on, on the last episode. Oh, wicked. <laughs> yeah. We'll take a picture like that in a minute. <laughs> Just <laughs> He's got a nice voice, by the way. Oh, he'll be pleased. Thank you. So did you listen to the last episode? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you did? All oh, two oh, hours nice. of it. 
Um, <laughs> listen to some of it. No, I got cut short when I suddenly realised that I had to learn um, tongue-tied, <laughs> <laughs> and then panicked and freaked out, and then tried to learn it and failed. And, um, and here I am. Amazing. Um, yeah. So um, if you guys want to see the show notes and and um, basically the Smegheads charts, go to postpodcast.com slash Smegheads, um, or you can just on iTunes click on. There's a little website link next to the the itunes things that takes you straight to that website um, and then you'll see the smokehead shots where at the moment number one is the last no number one is backwards backwards then it's thanks for the memory um better than life um and number four is marooned and number five is stasis leak yeah. so this episode um polymorph is one of the most popular um what do you what do you think Billy? where do you think this would sit um, well, backwards, I think, is almost unbeatable. Yeah. Almost. almost. Yeah, definitely. Um, Polymorph is is definitely up there. I'm gonna sit it. I'm gonna sit it at number one because I'm doing the podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. I agree with you, Billy. I put this at <laughs> number really? one too. I wow. loved this episode. Absolutely loved it. See, I would say this this was either number one or number two. So I will take the mean average. So number one. So that's just not backwards down. So the so the new Smegheads chart is polymorph, backwards, thanks for the memory, better than life, and number sorry. Marooned is number five now. Wow. So we've knocked out Quig, Parallel Universe, Confidence and Paranoia. Quig was great, yeah. We are talking J-pop decade. <laughs> yeah. We're talking April, May, June, July and August full. <laughs> oh, I love Quig. that's the problem with the earlier episodes. There's some really, really great really? scenes, but yeah. it's not consistently amazing throughout. Yeah, I think the thing yeah. with Polymorph is that it's it's um, it's of such high standard yeah. throughout yeah. Yeah, really that you sort of just skim through it. Yeah, you do. You just, you just ride it, and then you go on to the next episode. Exactly. But this is one you can definitely scene. rewatch because it's yeah. yeah, it's great. And there's so so much to it. Yeah, there is. Um, I, I I just absolutely love this episode, and I think if people wanted to have a guess what was number one in the Smegheads charts, they would probably think it was Polymorph anyway, because everyone loves Polymorph. It's really hard to be. It's a good mix of, um, uh, of action. Humour, yeah. terror. It's a, sci-fi, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. it's very sci-fi. There's, there's a few talky bits, because I like the talky bits, um, just discussing how they'll deal with with the um, genetically engineered mutant life form. Um, and yeah, it's great. And, and the, the main thing that people think is that this is an alien because it's based on aliens but there are no aliens in Red Dwarf so um, get it right that's the thing because Rimmer's always losing it over the possibility of aliens yeah yeah, Quagars. He thinks. Quagars. <laughs> yeah. Quagars. It's a word I invented it just now. Double A. <laughs> yeah. It's great. So yeah. So um, that's it. So um, where, if people wanted to find you, uh, Billy, where can they find you on social networks? Where different websites and stuff. Well, they'll pretty much just follow me and then unfollow me because <laughs> I'm unbearable. But I'm on Twitter, Billy Subway at Billy Subway. Yeah. Um, otherwise, if you want to check the band out, it's at the Subways and yeah. on Facebook. We are the Subways, and uh, in general, the Subways.net. Yeah, and that website you started yourself, right? Yeah, back in the days, yeah. years ago. Do you, do you guys still run it, or do you have someone running it for nah, you? Nah, we, you know, we we're past that now. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no, I try and keep up with it, but I, yeah. I, you know, I. Do you have a forum on there as well? I yeah, we do. I mean, I've okay. I've always been um, a huge advocate of forums because you know, yeah. like I was talking about being on Future <laughs> yeah. um, Forum. Um, 
I was a part of loads of different bands forums and me too you sort of yeah. build up a community yeah you do, yeah. Yeah, you do. Gigs, and yeah. i really wanted that for our fans and that yeah. was a huge thing for us when we first started out and a lot of the guys who were you know originally on the forum uh still meet up at gigs and yeah, some really of them nice. have got married and stuff that's oh, great wow. yeah um, so. i used to run a forum um, i used to run a website called audio junkies oh really yeah i don't know if you remember that um it was popular for, for a little while and um yeah the forums were just just buzzing it was the main part of the site just hundreds of, of strangers who loved music just talking about music all the time I, I i find myself just gravitating towards them and i learned so much like because i produced our latest record uh-huh. and um which, which i released you, on tape you did yeah and it looks so it's like, cool every, isn't it you know, um my dad's got it in his car oh nice every cool. time i just look at it and i think that's so amazingly cool it is and, so it, and it's one of the the, the best tapes i've executed because you've got your comic inside on the on the inside of the tape as well oh, comic man, was a huge good. part of it like yeah. zash um who's a a fan base in hungary mm-hmm. um she oh, sent brilliant. us a um uh, a post well piece of artwork that she did yeah um of us uh for, for one of the hungry shows and said oh by the way i've done this artwork if you want to use it for your show in hungary next year by all means for like a poster or something yeah, yeah. it was it said a38 hungary um yeah. uh budapest and uh and charlotte and i both saw it and we were like we've got to get her on board to do everything <laughs> yeah so, it's great um, we got her on a flight over to the to the uk and we talked about nice. doing a comic wow the comic the comic's awesome <laughs> oh, as well you look you like so three superheroes i know i look at the pictures and i'm like she's really buffed me out here. <laughs> she really has I, even the cover as well like, i've been trying to get fit so that i can live up to that <laughs> i'm nowhere near it and i'm like thank you zash darling thank you <laughs> oh but, it's great artwork yeah it's yeah. really good but, um yeah um you know i i i sort of uh going back to forums i you know with uh producing um i find myself on gig sluts okay it's a great forum yeah yeah actually. yeah yeah. some of the producers i've worked with like uh billy bush who's a great engineer works with butch Vig. he's always on there oh wow okay so, He's always talking about the high end stuff. I'm nowhere near that. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, plug it in. If it, if it makes noise, record it. Um, but yeah, it's forums are huge still. Yeah. I mean, I think social networks kind of killed off a lot of the kind of forums. Um, yeah. Um, you're pretty much just doing what you do on forums. Yeah. On Twitter, you, you, you just want some, uh, like a soapbox to stand on to kind of like yeah. say your stuff. But um, the good thing about forums is you made a post, it would live on there forever. It wasn't, <laughs> so you could say something like two years ago and you could find it again, but it's, it's more difficult to do that on on twitter um but yeah um daniela where can we find you um i mean well i'm in rome at the moment oh that's uh, true yeah (laughs) yeah, on uh, social media i'm on twitter at daniela von l phillips and instagram daniela monica phillips that's right you don't have a website or anything do you (laughs) no of course i don't you should make a website (laughs) what of um daniela superfans on the red dwarf forum (laughs) they love daniela on there and then you could talk about your nemesis on there yeah that's true (gasps) Just yeah, hint, maybe. just hint. At it. There, there was a there was a there was a topic on on the Red Wolf forum about uh, what would you do in a um, post-apocalyptic situation. And I love someone, those discussions. Yeah, and someone just said, uh, "Kill me and run off with Daniela." <laughs> what? Are you serious? Yeah, which okay. I thought was a bit hard. Like, wow. I'd let you have. I don't control you. You can <laughs> thanks, go off with it. Thanks, Jen. <laughs> You don't have to kill Jen. You don't have to kill me, but I think that was just a bonus to them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's part of the package. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, And if you guys want to find out what I'm doing, it's at Jed Shepard on Twitter or at 
Jed Shepherd on Instagram. Is there an app on Instagram? Yeah, it is. Um, J-E-D-S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D or postpoprecords.com, um, which is kind of cool. See what music I'm doing. Lots of cool music coming out soon. What bands have I got coming up? Some good ones. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Oh, I've got uh, the new No Cars album. This is a Japanese girl band who are amazing. Um, and I've got uh, the new album from Model Village as well, who are, are also amazing. Um, and some other secret ones that have I can't Have you got any yet. Bruce Springsteen coming up, Jed? No, but no, it's weird you mention that. Um, you, no, you never know. I've got some, I've got some cool things coming up. Um, okay, so uh, thank you very much, guys, for listening. If you haven't already, please subscribe, tell your friends, uh, and get people talking about. We're doing really well at the moment on iTunes, so let's just keep it going. And uh, by the time we get to the new series, um, hopefully, we will have knocked Empire off their perch. <laughs> That's our aim. Um, yeah, <laughs> we've got small people from Empire coming in soon. And they're going down. If you listen to this, guys, you're going down. You need to, uh, yeah, bring it. Game up. Yeah, you may have. But get we don't off. want to cause any household issues. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't think he'd mind too much because he's been on both now. Yeah, so. yeah he's sort of. He's, he's got. Both. He's the bridge. Yeah, putting yeah. both, both camps. Yeah. Exactly. So thanks very much, buddy, for yeah. coming on. They really pleasure. appreciate Thank it. Thank you so much for having no me. No worries. Thank you for letting me come on and spoil your beautiful. <laughs> no, it's no, fine. You it's have to come really back cool. again. You definitely have to. When we do Smegheads live because we'll do a live version of this with an audience stuff you need to come on and do it for that as well and do a song maybe yeah Yeah, do a song we'll have to rehearse our tongue-tied dance routine let's do that yeah (laughs) well just now we're about to record um, a a, a 15 second snippet of tongue-tied which you've probably heard inserted into this episode a little while ago but we're going to do that now so let's see how that goes I'm sure it'll be fine so thanks very much for listening once again and we'll see you next week Smokeheads bye bye Thank you for listening to Smegheads the Red Dwarf Podcast. Smegheads is a production of Ghost Pop, and you can check out the show notes and other stuff at ghostpoppodcast.com slash smegheads. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. See you later, Smegheads.